welcome to the Real Agronomist Podcast with Kyle from Stall Agronomy. You never know what I may say or who will be on, but you know it'll be real because that's me. Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast, or maybe you're listening to this episode as well as the first one from today, so you're getting a Wednesday twofer because everybody else does a Tuesday, so I have to be different. That's kind of who I am. I, I made a post on uh, Twitter this morning, uh, I think we woke up at 5.30, and I don't know why this came into my head. We, I started looking at Twitter this morning, and you're just looking at the grain markets. Um, you're looking at rootworm control issues. We've got weed control issues. We are talking about uh, tar spot. We we've just kind of look at all these things that have kind of led to. I want to say volatility is kind of almost our new normal. Our our new normal in in, in the ag world, pretty much, and it, it's been crazy to think about all the things that have changed in the last three or four years. You know, I remember when Roundup actually killed things. Um, I remember when, you know, we could kind of just about predict commodity markets. There wasn't the the Russian invasion of Ukraine. We didn't have uh, some of these other factors like China not exporting some fertilizer. Um, you know, we didn't have black, basically, you know, we didn't stop importing fertilizer from um, Belarus and Russia and all these other places, even though Russian potash is still making its way to the United States. So we kind of reneged on that just a little bit. But, you know, I just remember a world where traits killed insects and, and glyphosate worked and we didn't have, you know, a disease that you can't see until after two or three weeks or maybe even up to 40 days after you, just, you know, before it actually when it infected the plant and it actually shows visual symptoms, it, it's, it's a, it's a new world. It's kind of a different world. And, you know, we, we used to be more reactive and, uh, and more and less proactive when it came to anything that was related to agronomy and our commodities and, and fertilizer. And, you know, we, we used to be very, um, seat of the pants and that's kind of how uh, a lot of it actually happened you know we we really shot from the hip on a lot of stuff you know if you made a mistake we could always go in and fix it and you know outside of a little bit with rootworm um we never really had too many issues and as we're seeing you know glyphosate resistant weeds show up and then we're going out and trying to spray them with control that is adequate but at times not and you know, I, I'm dealing with a few fields right now where we sprayed. I, I think the pre-program was not great. And when we came back, we came back with Roundup, um, Enlist, and a group 15. And glyphosate and Enlist didn't get the job done. So now we get to go back in with glufosinate, Liberty, and, and try to clean that up. And how long is that going to work? You know, that's kind of sounding like what we used to do with glyphosate is basically we go in and spray it and if it didn't die we go back in and clean it up again and that used to work and i think that's part of the reason why we have some resistant weeds but as we've seen water hemp kind of move i mean i, I was pulling water hemp out of my garden in, in the city uh, or in town yesterday and there's not a field within five miles of here 
So where does that stuff come from? It's birds. It's everything else. You know, and you look at not just weeds. We've got corn rootworm control issues. Um, you know, we, we've got traits that aren't killing our rootworm as much as they used to. Uh, our, our pressure from rootworm has increased. Um, and you throw in a drought this year, and it looks like soil applied insecticides didn't do as good of a job as we hoped. And, you know, we're just going to continue to have issues with rootworm. And I, I think, you know, we, we talk about the uh, the new RNAi traits and that that's going to supposedly solve all our issues. I really don't think it is. And, you know, you look out in Iowa and there's guys talking about extended or extended diapause, northern corn rootworm. And so they're having issues in rotated acres. And it, it's, it's just a constantly evolving um, volatile world in insects and weeds and you know 2018 we started seeing tar spot and when you start looking at tar spot management basically you need to be spraying fungicide before you can physically see that disease show up so you you almost have to go on some weather models are they always correct no but yeah you you gotta the best plan for tar spot is having the correct hybrid because we know that tar spot tends to not affect some hybrids as bad as others and so one we need to look at hybrid selection and then two we got to have a plan on if if uh, we're going to still plant some other stuff we got to have a fungicide plan set up for those and you know volatility in the grain markets has just been immense Um, you know a few days ago I had guys wondering if they're going to make any money and now corn's been up I think it was up like 30 cents yesterday and that was on the edge of some of this Russian uh, Russian grain news. And, you know, it's just, it seems like every time we turn around, something is changing. And that, that whole management by basically just reacting to everything is, is kind of gone by the wayside. You know, if we don't have a decent weed control plan, we, we're basically, I, I always use the, my acronym is DFC, and I just do from conception, essentially. So we're we're basically screwed from the, the minute we made that plan. And I think it's getting to the point where, you know, we we look at people to give us advice quite a bit. You know, that's that's our world. That's that's agriculture pretty much. We we find people we trust and, and we work with them. And you know, often in the past, I think a lot of those were people that they were yes men in, in a lot of instances there, there's a lot of people that are out there just to kiss your ass pretty much to tell you that you're the best farmer in the world and i i oh man i love you man it's pretty much kind of what it comes out to be but i uh i i've gotten to the point where i tell people you know if, if you want your ass kissed i got a guy that uh works in one of these retailers that i can give you his number he'll come out and tell you you're the greatest farmer because that's his only sales tactic and I think we've got to get away from looking at people that are going to give us advice and, you know, maybe we take it, maybe we don't. And, you know, just talking to somebody about what's going on makes us feel better. I think we've got to get to the point where you, you need those kind of almost like physical trainer people that are going to basically tell you, you are not doing this correctly. This is the way I would do it. And, you know, cut the shit, let's go. And it's pretty much kind of the way I think we're going, we're headed. And cut the shit, let's go has kind of been my thing the last few years because I, 
I'm like, you know, we, we see this coming. You know, we've seen this with rootware management. We've seen this with weed control. We've seen this with fertilizer prices. We've seen this with anything and pretty much everything we deal with. You know, you, you have to have a less reactionary mindset, and we have to have a plan pretty much for several contingencies that might happen throughout the year. We have to know what our input prices are, and we have to know what our input costs are so that we can market our grain and, and delaying a decision because you think the market's going to go up more or delaying that decision because you're just like, I'm not sure. I just don't have time. I don't, I don't feel like it. Um, you know, I, I posted the, basically it's, it's a quote slash meme, um, from trading places where he's like, you know, one minute you're up half a million in soybeans and the next boom, your kids don't go to college and they represent your Bentley. You can just change Bentley to uh, Denali or, or uh, King Ranch or whatever, Laramie edition, uh, whatever you want. But I honestly, that's that's kind of the way we've gone. And the, these little decisions that we make throughout uh, throughout the year, throughout our career, are, are kind of starting to come back, you know, to haunt us fairly easily. I have had people that cut back on fertilizer rates that shouldn't have because we had low fertilizer values, uh, soil test values. And that affected them pretty significantly. Um, and, you know, usually those are the same people that we run into, you know, indecision on grain marketing. And last year, you got away with it. This year, we might not. And in a couple of years, you might lose your ass pretty much. And it all comes down to who who's giving you advice and who's helping you not just become a better farmer, but a better business person. And, you know, the guys that are going to say, you know, you got to make a decision, basically. that that's, We got to do this. We got to figure this out right now. You know, I can't tell everybody, you know, what to do. I'm, I've am i been a, a crop consultant for five years and before that in retail. And honestly, I can't tell you what you're going to spend your money on. I can't tell you exactly what to do because it's still at the end of the day, your business. But my job is basically to get you to make that decision. And it's, it's a lot less about um, always making the correct decision because, you know, we, we have ways of, of getting around a few things, but it's less about making that correct decision. I think indecision is worse than making no decision. And I, I've talked about that before. We've talked about emotions, you know, taking the emotions out of your decisions and you take the emotions out and become less or less indecisive and more decisive. Those are kind of the two biggest things you can do uh, to, to navigate through this. And, you know, having a good plan is great, but I think indecision is, is probably one of the worst things we can do. And, you know, that's the same thing with grain merchandising. What do we do? Uh, you know, corn's 550 local, new crop. What do I do? Uh, I, um, I, I just don't have time to deal with it right now. See what happens tomorrow. And tomorrow it goes down 30 cents. And you're like, oh my God, I lost $100,000 because I didn't make a decision. Well, even if you would have made a decision to sell, you're not going to sell everything. So you didn't lose $100,000. Maybe you lose, you know, 10. But when you call the green merchandiser, you called whoever's giving you advice and they said, hey, you know, it could go up, it could go down. You know, what do you want to do? You want to sell 10,000? Okay. Um, or you were thinking about selling 10. That's up to you, but maybe we should sell five and then 
we'll see what happens with the rest. And at least you sold something. And that's the thing. Making a decision is better than nothing. And it's the same thing with inputs. And we see that with weed control. You know, I have people that are like, I don't know, it's kind of dry. Maybe we shouldn't do a pre. And you make that indecision and the beans come up and we lose about 50% of the effective pre-emergent modes of action for weed control on water hemp. And these indecisions uh, are helped by, you know, it makes you better if you have a plan, if we know what our input costs are and we know what what works on these different things. You know, I can tell a guy all day that I love one chemical over the other. And when it comes to the retailer showing up and the retailer goes, yeah, but this is what's on the truck. It takes a lot to say, hey, no, don't spray that. This is what we want to use. And that's what I'm dealing with with one person right now is made a plan. This is what we want to use. Retailer shows up. They spray it. We look at what they sprayed, and we're like, oh, okay. They use X and not Y. Well, we'll see how X does. Well, X sucked, so now we went with our regular plan, and now we are on plan like X pretty much because that didn't work either because they screwed up the first part. And once again, you know, these decisions we make and indecision and and letting people kind of walk over us just a little bit because they're doing work for us, we, we've got to get away from that. We've got to be more decisive. We've got to make a plan. you got to work with somebody who's willing to be basically like, hey, dude, what the frick are you doing? We've got to do it this way. we got to make a decision. we got to get this done. we got to just not worry about that. And, you know, I think being an advisor, being a consultant, I've learned a lot the last several years doing this. And to me, it's... It's less about, um, you know, the future of our relationship as much as it is, you know, helping people become better. And, you know, like I said before, maybe it's better business-wise, maybe it's a better farmer. You know, we we talk about, you know, we want to partner with people that are going to help us, you know, grow more bushels and and be these guys. And, you know, you want to be the next Randy Dowdy or David Hula or whatever. But honestly... Those are the kind of guys that aren't going to look at your bottom line as much. You know, maybe they say they do, but they, they aren't. They're, they're going to be there to, to get you to put more on. And it'll probably be coming on a shirt at some point. We, I, I don't want my guys to be morons. I want my guys to be guys that are going to look at what the, the benefits are and, and weigh those benefits and make a decision. And, is it about the most yield we can get per acre? No. I mean, we there's guys out there that call themselves, you know, it's all about the most return we can get per acre. And, and making a return on the investment is what we want to look at. And, and cutting the shit out of our decisions is kind of how we're going to get there. And is it always about being the cheapest? No. Cheapest inputs suck. You know, there's, I got guys that, you know, we could work with that are just never going to spend an extra penny on anything. And in 10 years, there's soil samples. I soil sample, uh, I got custom hired for soil sampling on one farm and the absolute lowest soil sample I've ever had in my career. And it's just like, 
this doesn't happen overnight. This is a this is a long term deal, and that's where we we get with trying to save every single penny we can. We can't do that every time, but we also have to look at this return on investment before, you know, it, does it make sense? You know, and the thing we struggle with too is, and we're going to end it on this, but the thing we do struggle with in, in ag, we struggle with this in farming. We struggle with this is a lot of these new products, new things that are coming out, new techniques, new methods, they sound good on paper. They look good in presentations. There's, it seems to be science backed. When we sit down as a scientist and, you know, I have a science degree and when we sit down and break all this stuff down, it doesn't make as much sense. And it's a lot of foo-foo made up things. It's, it's a lot of flesh and, you know, it's just pomp and circumstance. It, it makes you feel good. And when you look at it and you're like, eh, yeah, but if you don't have this correct and you put that on, you're, you're kind of screwed. So anyway, that's where we're at. I, I think volatility is key. You're, you're basically going to have to plan that things are going to continue to be more volatile in the future. You know, we've got more weather events. We've got different things going on. Whether or not we believe in climate change, whatever, but things are constantly always going to move. We're always going to be changing. But as we start to feel comfortable, it seems like Mother Nature changes her mind on what she's going to do to us. And, you know, we, we were great 10 years ago using glyphosate, and we thought everything, we ruled the world with these insect traits. We're starting to figure out that that's not the case. I don't know what the future is going to hold for that, but we've got to get better at understanding that volatility is out there. Volatility is kind of king, and we've got to learn to kind of love the bomb a little bit. We've got to learn how to to, to be in that environment and, and realize that we make a mistake and we move on. And I've gotten better with that. My career, that's it's been the toughest thing I've had to get through is we make a mistake, we move on, but that's where we are. And with volatility, it's just going to make it even more of an issue and more of a thing we have to deal with every day. So hope you guys enjoyed. I'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening to the Rogue Aronis podcast. Be sure to check out our website, stallagronomy.com, and our other social media for more information and other episodes.